where we were two weeks ago tonight. And two weeks ago, we started talking about be not deceived. Be not deceived. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, at one time or another, we have all had concerns about deception. We certainly, none of us ever want to be deceived. But I, you know, submitted to you two weeks ago and said, uh, I want to come tonight and I don't want to say, oh, you better be careful because, boy, there's deception out there. I want to come to you tonight and reassure you that if you have the Holy Ghost in you, you are students of the Word of God. There's two more youth. If you're looking for youth, there's two more right there. Hallelujah. Uh, <coughs> praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> praise God. Thought we wasn't going to have a youth class, but all of a sudden we do. Okay. Praise God. So um, that you don't have to... You need to be aware of deception but you don't have to be in fear of deception because you have the greater one living inside of you. And everybody that's ever gone into deception that was a Christian, they had to override what the Holy Ghost was saying to them. And or they didn't know the Word of God. We cannot know the Word of God too much. And if we are students of the Word of God and we are disciples of the Word of God and we are studying the Word of God, we will be able to recognize deception easily. We will know. Hallelujah. And so instead of having a nagging fear about deception... And sometimes we have had that. We've had a little bit of concern that's kind of nagging at us when something new comes along. I want to tell you something, family. We are in the season of something new. God has said, I'm going to do something new. And you know, we, it's so funny how we are as Christians. We go over to Ephesians and it says, I'm going to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. And we go, woohoo, oh, hallelujah, glory to God. He's going to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. And God does something that's above what you can ask, think, or imagine. Now listen, if you can't imagine it, then you've never seen it before. If you can't think it, you've never seen it before. That's what he's saying. I'm going to do some things that you've never seen before. Because if you could think of it, and if you'd seen it before, you could think about it and imagine it, couldn't you? And boy, the first time he does something new, it's like, oh my God, I don't know if that's God. And you know, <laughs> hallelujah. But we ought to be able to know if something's God. And we can, we, there's some things that we can do to know if it's God. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Ghost within us. And you say, well, I didn't find it in the Word. Well, God's going to do things that aren't in the Word. Now listen to me. Because he, that's the scripture He gave us. If it was in the Word, we could think it or imagine it. And the Bible says in Matthew, no, John. John, it says, John said, he said, I suppose that if everything that Jesus did had been written down, that the world would not be able to contain all the volumes. Jesus did many, many things in the way of signs, wonders, miracles, healings, and demonstrations of the Holy Ghost that nobody 
had, that are not in the Word. Nobody ever wrote down in the Word. But the way we judge those things are, do they line up to the principles of the Word of God? Hallelujah. Praise God. And, of course, we look at fruit and stuff, and we'll talk about that more. So we need to, instead of having this nagging fear, we need to deal with it. We need to arm ourselves with truth, and because we, we need to be able to move forward with God and not be stuck. Because if we've got this little nagging fear of being deceived, we're going to be stuck, and we're not going to move forward. In other words, we're going to get to a place where we just flat quit growing. We've just put our feet, our, our heels in the ground and say, well, I'm not going any further because, you know, Grandma didn't know about this. And, 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 you know, one of the things I found also is uh, just because our generation didn't see it doesn't mean the generations before didn't see it. A lot of things, if you read back in church history, those, the, those things that you might call unusual right now, they happened in church history. Hallelujah. So, um, so we need to arm ourselves with the word. We found out two weeks ago, deception can come from self. We know the Bible teaches you can deceive your own self. Deception can come from the devil. Revelation 20 and verse 3 says that the, that the devil is going to be cast into the bottomless pit so that he can deceive no more. So the devil can cause deception, can he? Hallelujah. And deception can come from evil people. In 2 John 1, 7, it says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So he says there are many deceivers. So that can come from evil people. And evil people are people that are controlled by Satan. And then, then deception can come from God-loving people who have believed a lie themselves. Y'all know any people like that? Let me tell you something. Deluded, deluded, like D-I-L-U-T-E-D. Deluded, diluted, not diluted, but diluted, like you dilute well, I don't know. Y'all figure out what diluted means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Diluted gospel. In other words, I'm talking about watered down gospel. Watered down gospel or people adding to the word of God or people preaching the traditions of men as truth, but they're not, they're not anything but the traditions of men or those that preach a very small portion of the Word of God. Only one subject in the Word of God. Let me tell you something. All of that is deception. All of that is deception. Hallelujah. And the truth comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the source of all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. He always gives us truth. He will never deceive us. He will never tempt us. He will never give us a half-truth or tell us something that's against his word. And you would say, of course, but I have had as pastor's wife and pastors had people come to us that are God-loving, God-fearing Christians and tell us God told them something and I knew, in my, I knew absolutely he did not. He could not have said it. He would not have said that. And that has happened many, many, many times. 
And so, um, hallelujah. Our number one defense against deception is knowing the Word of God. And that takes time. How many of you know it takes time to know the Word of God? And that's why we can never quit studying. We can never quit coming to church and having our minds renewed. We never arrive. And you know, it's so funny because some people say, well, I can stop going to church for a while. Had many people that used to go to this church that, that have actually done that, stopped going to church for a while. And uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. You know, in the last month, we have had two people that used to go to this church call us. Call us. It's like, you know, it's like when you get in a spot, you know what, who can pray. Yeah, but anyway, um, knowing the Word of God takes time. And uh, the thing about stopping in mind renewal or stop, you know, just getting busy and stopping and taking six months off is you don't just stop and stay where you're at. You lose ground. You always lose ground. I know even when I have taken a few days like on vacation and, and didn't pray for a few days, you know, it was so hard to get back into it. You know, it's also... I don't understand why this is, but when you take even three or five days and you say, and you don't get in the Word, and boy, you've been distracted, you lose your want to even. I don't know why that is. I can't explain it. But I've seen it myself where it's like, oh, man, you know, I was so hungry five days ago. Now I'm just not as hungry. And um, uh, so we have to keep, it's kind of like the more you eat, the more you want. The more you eat the word, the more you want. The less you eat the word, the less you want. Hallelujah. The more you pray, the easier it is to pray. The less you pray, the harder it is to pray. Hallelujah. So we have to keep at it and keep on it. So we have to have that good working knowledge of the word and understanding the principles of the word of God. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, if we don't study, and we're going to be ashamed if we get deceived. And uh, you know, a lot of people, that's exactly what happened. They got over into deception, and, 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 and maybe it was just a small deception. It might not have been heresy. You know, there's deception where there's heresy, and then there's deception when you go off and mar marry a sorry old man or something. I've seen that kind of deception. And sometimes when a woman does that, she gets into deception. She believes, oh, God told me he was my soulmate. And she goes off and marries some sorry old critter. Well, then she's embarrassed. She's ashamed. She's ashamed. And she don't want to come back to the church because she's ashamed. You know what I'm saying? That happens all the time. A bad pastor told me this week, that now 68% of all divorces happen because somebody found them a new spouse on the internet. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, help us. Two-thirds, that's two-thirds, yeah. Okay, so that's our number one defense is the Word of God. Our number two defense, hallelujah. Now, we can all miss it, so we have, this is the number two reason. We have to have number two is to be faithful. To a Bible-believing church. 
And you know, and I don't think I need to say this in this room. I'll say it anyway. You can put this in your little purse and carry it with you and use it for somebody else. This can be put it in your you're what you know and you might could help somebody with this but just because people carry Bibles don't mean they teach it is that true hallelujah and there are is a difference and you need to know this between teaching and preaching and if you go to a man that some of them can yell and sweat and and gyrate and I'm telling you and they and all oh, they get everybody emotionally caught up in it and it's fun to have emotional times of preaching Jesus did both the Bible says he went about teaching and preaching and healing he did all three he didn't just in fact teaching is first but in a lot of churches they don't ever get around to teaching except maybe a Sunday school teacher what they teach and and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's God help us and uh, and you know you've been in those Sunday school classes. But the preacher, all he does is preach and, 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 and really not even, it's mostly exhortation in a loud, sweating, flailing voice. And, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. And let me tell you something. People can leave all pumped up under that, but they can also leave not knowing anything. Knowing nothing. And uh, so it's two different things between teaching and preaching. So when we talk about a Bible-believing church, we're talking about a church that teaches the Word and has preaching also. Jesus did both. We're talking about a full gospel church when we say Bible-believing. Not just believing some little part you want to believe, but that's why, you know, the pastor's job is to teach the whole counsel of the whole Word of God. Now, evangelists like uh, John Smithwick, he can specialize. He's an evangelist. He's specializing on salvation. He only has two messages. He has, one is salvation. The other one's how for you to get people saved. And that's, that's all he's called to do. It's not wrong. That's what he's supposed to do. And then some like Brother Hagin, he had one assignment. Go teach my people faith. That's what God told him to do. Now, he could teach a million other things because he had been a pastor, but he wasn't supposed to after he got through being a pastor and God gave him the assignment, go teach my people faith. But he does, with the people that graduate from Ramah, sometimes they get to thinking, I'm just supposed to go teach faith. And, but if you're a pastor... You're supposed to teach the whole counsel of the whole Word of God. And so that means sometimes you got to teach on marriage or have somebody in that will. Sometimes you got to teach on prayer. Sometimes you got to preach on don't sin. And sometimes you got to preach on the consequences of sin and sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. So you got to preach all things. So a full gospel church, though, is one that preaches the whole gospel and it, or causes it to be done. If the pastor has a specialty, then he has to cause it to be done by somebody else, you know. And uh, uh, the full gospel church is, let me tell you what a full gospel church is, one that preaches Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you what, they ain't preaching the word if they say something passed away. And Jesus doesn't heal anymore, Jesus doesn't do miracles anymore, or we don't know if he does, or, or tongues passed away and tongues above the devil. That's not a Bible-believing church. Hallelujah. They may believe one little small part, Hallelujah. If they don't preach salvation by grace, if they're preaching salvation by works, they're deceived. That is deception. 
And there's, there's churches in uh, uh, this town that are mainline denominational churches that that's what they preach, that you don't know until you get to heaven whether you're saved. And you'll know when you get there whether your good works outweigh your bad works. That is the same as Muslims believe. In the Muslim faith, there's two ways to get, they say, to go to heaven. They can't, they're not going either way. They're going to hell. But they say, if your good works outweigh your bad works, or jihad, that's your other way to get saved, is you die for your God, Muhammad. And the Christianity is just the opposite. Our God died for us. We don't have to die for him. Our God died for us. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That just gives me chills to think our God died for us. He's not asking us to die for him. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. Their number three defense that we have is to have an intimate relationship with God. And this is something, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know how. Well, it's something that can be taught and it's something that can be learned. How to have an intimate relationship with God. How to get in the presence of God. I used to think, well, you know, you just have to get in there and try to figure it out for yourself. Get alone with God. But we found that out. That's not true. And, and we've been teaching on that during our soaking prayer. How to get in the presence of God. How to get in that intimate place. Intimate time with Him. And uh, I tell you what, because when, when you get intimate with God, and you get into the secret place with Him, and you get into the presence of God... All of a sudden, you begin to know him in a way, and so when something comes in that's false, hallelujah, then you know what it is. You don't have any trouble. Plus, you, you get your ear trained to hear better because you're practicing listening to him. Amen? So how, getting in the presence of God improves with practice. You know, there's, there's a difference between being saved and knowing God. A lot of people are saved. They've belie they believed. They believed Jesus was the Son of God, that He died for their sins, and He, is, uh, and he was raised from the dead. And, and they've confessed Him as that. And they're saved. But they wouldn't know God if He walked down the street with a red hat on. They don't know Him. Well, they could know Him. It's available to them, but they don't know. And, you know, they've... One of the reasons they don't know him is, uh, you know, if you have a Bible, even if you don't have a teacher, you have the Holy Ghost and you have your Bible, you can find out. So really, it's not going to wash with God, well, nobody taught me. We, we have this Bible, we're supposed to read it. Okay, uh, number four, defense, the, best, the fourth best defense against deception is to examine all revelations, visions, Words of prophecy, dreams, and belief systems in the light of the Word of God. In the light of the Word of God. Not like a verse by verse, but in the light of the Word of God. Does this line up with the principles of the Word of God? And so we need to examine things. The Bible talks about the Bereans in the book of Acts. It says that they were wise because they, they, they listened to them preach and then they went out and searched, they went back and searched the scriptures for themselves. Hallelujah. And that's what, you know, um, 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 Sid Roth, he has a message to Jewish people, and it's a book called They Thought for Themselves. 
Because the Jewish people passed down for 2,000 years have just, have they never thought for themselves. They've believed the lie. And, you know, so many denominational people, and you probably were one of them like we were at one time. We never even thought for ourselves. We just assumed the Baptists knew. And so we were missing a whole bunch of the gospel. A whole bunch of the truth of the Word of God, just assuming. You know, we assumed the Pentecostals were wrong, Miss Rona. Kind of, kind of was prideful about, well, why would you go to that church? We had a little Assembly of God church in our town that you drove right by every time you, I mean, on one of the main roads, and kind of thought, why would you go to that church when you could go to a real church? And, you know, the, the sad part is, is they were more real than we were. Hallelujah. You know, and I'm not proud of that now, but that is the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That was deception. That was deception. Ended up being in that church before it was all said and done and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> so uh, three tests we must give when we're examining these, these prophecies, revelations, visions, dreams. Hallelujah. Three tests. We, we, we need to test the source of the revelation. And, and 1 John 4, 1 says for us to try the spirits to see if they be of God. Try the spirits. So in other words, we need to test and see what spirit is behind this. What spirit is behind this? Is it self um, one thing we can apply to that, does it exalt my ego or does it exalt Jesus? Does it exalt Jesus or does it exalt my ego? Does it exalt the, is it, does it, uh, uh, you know, God and his body. God, Jesus is very fond of his body. We are the body of Christ. And so uh, that, that's a, a test there should always be a respect, I would say, for the body of Christ. Number, uh, the other source is test, the test is Satan. Is it destructive? Does it lure me away? Hallelujah. Satan will always try to lure you away. He will speak a lie to you. He does not want you to get involved. He wants you to be lured away. I know uh, in... Uh, He'll, he'll just outright lie to you. Uh, and sometimes it can be kind of a combination of self and a combination of Satan. In other words, you can have situations with self that, the, that Satan will try to help. In other words, if you have a poor self-image and you don't feel very good about yourself, then Satan will take advantage of that and he'll lie to you and try to make you feel uncomfortable in a church or in a situation and you know nobody likes me here or all of them oh or have you ever walked in a room and you had the thought they were talking about me which is so egotistical because probably they weren't 99 percent chance they weren't hallelujah but you know the enemy will tell you things like that and if you don't have a good strong i know who i am in christ you'll buy that lie you know, you'll think, I know we were, I was uh, eight months pregnant when we were in Seagraves and God and a church in Seminole, a word church, we were going to that Assembly of God church and a word church started in Seminole and we, which was 18 miles from Seagraves where we, we lived in Seagraves. 
And uh, so this word church opened up, and by a miraculous, very miraculous, angelic series of events, we found out about that church. There was no way on God's green earth for us to know. We didn't pay it to Seminole people, not connected to seed graves at all. And so... Uh, uh, so this miraculous event took place, and we found out about that church on the day before it started. And so the next, so we decided to go, and so we went that next morning. But it, you know, being eight months pregnant, of course, that was self, and being self-conscious, and and not knowing anybody. But the devil told me, now they all know each other, and so that try, he was trying to draw me off. And draw me out. And thank heavens I had a strong husband. And he, uh, and not as strong as he is now, but still strong. And he said, no, we're going till I hear from God. And so we went, even though I was uncomfortable. And we went, and thank God we, we didn't know then that we were the next pastor. That in one year from then, we'd be the pastors of that church, that very church. And um, so, of course, we had no idea of that. And uh, so, <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. But, but between a combination, so we need to test the spirits to see if they are of God. And anything like that that's putting you down, oh, they all know each other. Oh, they're all looking at you. Oh, you know, we got to, you know what? The Bible said, we used to sing a song that forget about yourself and concentrate on him. But how many people come into church thinking, oh, man, they're all dressed up and here I am. Or here I am all dressed up and look at them. I've been to churches when I was way overdressed when I visited other ch churches for special meetings and stuff. So now I try to kind of hit it somewhere in the middle because then you can't be too, you know, not get too dressed. Used to, we used to dress to the nines, you know, in word of faith. You just, you didn't, man, I tell you what, the more glitz and stuff you had on, the better in word of faith. Hallelujah. That is the truth, I'm telling you. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> am I speaking the truth? I mean, even we go to camp meeting and dress up and sweat like... <sighs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Uh, okay, so then uh, the source, and then another source, and of course the only source we want to listen to is God. We don't want to listen to our flesh or our soul and we want to listen to God. And when we hear God, it's going to be peaceable and it's going to be gentle. Hallelujah. That's what James 3, 17 and 18. I'm reviewing so I'm not opening to these scriptures right now because we covered this. But James 3, 17 and 18 says that the wisdom that descendeth from above is first of all peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated. You know? And uh, uh, the, 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 the earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom, is in, it's, got, it's got envy in it, and jealousy, and strife, and uh, competition, and all of those things. Okay, then, this is where we got to two weeks ago. We need to test for content. Uh, we need, so we need to test the specific content of the revelation. So if we apply three tests, the source, and we say, okay, this passes the source test. I believe this is from God. Well, you need to go on to content. Because if you find out the content's wrong, you may have to go back and say, well, I don't guess the source was right after all. You know what I'm saying? Okay, because if the source is right, the content's going to be right. So uh, 1 John 4, 5, let's go there. 
Thank you, Jesus. Now we'll get to some new stuff that we didn't cover. 1 John 4, verse 5. <clears throat> it says, they are, of, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Hallelujah. The world heareth them. So we look at content. And we first of all see, does the content of this message have ego appeal? Is it, you know, is it, uh, is it puffing me, is it puff you up? Hallelujah. Is it, you know, one thing, uh, and because not all, not everything we have to judge is just the preaching of the word. Sometimes we have to judge situations where somebody is not preaching, but they're inserting things into our life, and we have to judge, is this person from, of God or is this not of God? Like, for instance, um, Paul, he's walking along, and he's not preaching. He's just passing through, and this little girl starts following him, young woman, and she starts saying, she's saying the right thing. She's saying, uh, these are men of God. And you know, that sounds okay, doesn't it? These are men of God who preach the word of God. Boy, that sounds okay. He listens to that about three days, and it starts annoying him. Something's rubbing him wrong in the spirit. And I'm sure he prayed about it. And you know, but something's bothering him. And all of a sudden, I don't know if he got a word of knowledge. He saw a vision. I don't know what happened, but he turned around and cast that devil out of that little girl. Because even though it was saying the right thing, the source of that it was coming from was wrong. Okay? So sometimes people can be saying things that sound good, but something's wrong. You know, uh, we used one time in Seminole, we had one of our church members... Uh, lived across the street from us. I think they moved across the street from us and then they came to the church. They were new in town. They were from Houston. And you know, uh, sometimes, uh, it, and, and this is just like, we people in pastor's meetings talk about this. I do not know why this is, but it is always, it just never fails. That if they walk in the back door and they're just flattering the pastor the first Sunday, you won't see them the next Sunday or at most you won't see them three Sundays. So, boy, we just hate it when we get a visitor and they say, Oh, you are just the way, the truth, and the life. And this lady, verse Sunday, you know, she says, Oh, you're better than John Osteen. Because she was going to John Osteen's church. You are better than John Osteen. And so back then we were young and we were like, Well, oh, you know, and uh, hallelujah. And, you know, she had come over to our house and she was always giving us stuff and doing stuff. But something was like, mmm, mmm. You know, something was just grinding on me. But see, I didn't know to trust the Holy Ghost. And so I, and you've done this before. I said, that's, it must be, that's just me. It's just me. Look, she's a nice lady. It's just me. She's a nice lady. It's just me. Boy, I don't do that anymore. I've done, I have made that mistake so many times that when something inside of me is grinding, I know and I'm just waiting to pounce. I am. I'm just like, boy, I have got my, and I know, because I know it's about to, it, it will. It will show its face. And sure enough, she did, and we didn't pounce, but we just didn't know anything. We just, hallelujah. But anyway, that wasn't God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, uh, does it have ego appeal? Is it flattery? I do not like flattery. 
Now, let me tell you, I like compliments. We all need to be built up in compliments and stuff. But you know when somebody has what flattery, it's like you can, if you're sensitive, you can tell it's not sincere. You know what flattery wants? Flattery is really usually trying to get you to flatter them. In other words, they need to be complimented, and so they're flattering you trying to get you to compliment them. And uh, so uh, that is, uh, that's come, not coming from the right place. That's coming mostly from self. That wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was demonic. But you know, anytime you take self too far, it can become, it opens the door for demons, and it can become a demon. Like, for instance... Self can go out and, uh, uh, like, I watched this thing on TV, on the, T the Learning Channel. You can learn stuff you didn't want to know on the Learning Channel. <laughs> but anyway, I watched this thing about people that collect stuff. Collectors. And there's not anything wrong with being a collector. But when you get a million pieces of Dolly Parton paraphernalia, listen, honey, you've gone beyond self and now you've got a demon. You do. You, when, you, when you have to go out every day and buy three or four, this one woman collected shoes, and she had to buy five or six, three or four shoe, little shoe decorations every day. And then they deceive themselves that they're worth something. And, they, you know, there's all sorts of deception that that's pretty in a house, which it's not pretty. Anything you get too much of is not pretty. It ceases to be beautiful. And if I'm stepping on your toes, go have a garage sale. And, you know, hallelujah. Uh, so, uh, so anything you can start off in self is what I'm saying. But if you keep giving to a compulsion and you, can't, you, can't, you don't get that under check and under control, you know, uh, then it becomes, it can go into demonic. You know, nobody, most people, a devil can't just jump on you and cause you to be an alcoholic. It starts off with self doing something just like, well, that would be fun. Or wouldn't I look cute with a martini in my hand? Or doesn't that little frozen margarita look, uh, that looks good. And you know, it does look good. It's colorful. It's frozen. It's hot outside. It's got an umbrella in it. It's cute. Nobody starts off with a demon. But you know, pretty soon... It becomes a little more compulsive and a little more repetitious. And all of a sudden, you don't have control anymore. That woman, she could fly to the moon before easier than she could not go buy those shoes. Those little shoes. You know? And so we have to keep things in check. And that can be, you know, the internet, you can, you can get where you can't stay away from it. Phones are already that way. We sat in the uh, Mexican restaurant Sunday, and there was a woman, there was a table of six people. She was an adult woman, and she talked on the phone the whole time. The other people were sitting there visiting. She's on the phone. Her husband is sitting beside her. And she is on the phone just chatting it up. And, and she chatted forever. And this was the amazing thing. When she hung up and they start to leave she said well thank y'all for the lunch they bought her lunch I would have made her wash dishes if she didn't have a penny I wouldn't I'd say lady you're gonna buy your lunch you're gonna talk to me you ain't gonna talk on the phone when are we gonna have enough 
I have had, an, you know, that is, that's nuts. But there, she, that kind of person is addicted to it and, and it's gone beyond self. See, phones make people feel important. It does. It's, that's, that's what it starts with. Is if, if I have 5,000 friends on Facebook, I feel important. I saw somebody today on, on Facebook that I know had 5,000 friends. I don't, yeah, I don't know 5,000 people. <laughs> and when I say, you know, and people ask me sometimes from Seagraves if they can be my friend, and I say yes sometimes if I don't, if I know them or know of them, but we're like, we're not friends, and the first thing I do, the first thing I get, I block. I don't want to hear what you got to say. You're just, you don't have nothing to say. The only reason I even let them be my friend is because sometimes I'll post something spiritual on there, and I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe it could help you. But I'm telling you, it's addictive, and so we have to watch ourselves. Amen? So, does this, you know, and that, that phone has got this ego appeal, flattery. It makes me feel important. And a lot of people, and you're, you know, you're getting, a, you're getting a kick out of it or you wouldn't be doing it. Something inside, it's making you feel like you're worth something. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> one of the things on their uh, content is, does this, is Jesus and his word lifted up? Does it agree with the word and the principles of the word? If it's scripture, am I interpreting it within context? People can take scriptures out of context. Brother Hagin used to say this, and we would laugh. He would say, you know, you can pick scriptures, and there's a scripture that says, and uh, Judas went and hanged himself. And then if you turn over to another scripture which says, go and do likewise, you could get all messed up. Because that's just pulling scriptures out of context and you could think the Lord told you to go hang yourself. Hallelujah. So we don't want to pull scriptures out of context. And of course God can speak to us with a scripture out of context. I told Sunday about God giving me a scripture for a woman with a lung problem. All these things shall be dissolved. That's 2 Peter 3.11. I actually looked it up afterwards. What Colossians. And so that scripture was out of context. But it was in, within the principles of the word of God that God wants us healed. And so uh, we have to test those things within the principles. And then also when, in, when checking content, when we're reading the Bible, who is doing the talking? Because the Bible is rightly recorded, but everything that's said in the Bible, God didn't say. And if God didn't say it, we have to find out if it was inspired. Like Paul said one time, he said, now I'm speaking, he said, I'm speaking, uh, I'm speaking from my wisdom, and I believe I believe that I have the, the, the anointing of God on this. I believe that this is God. But he didn't. And then there's a lot of things the Bible is silent on concerning church governments and things like that. And God leaves it us to, up to the Holy Ghost to direct us. But there's like you go to Job, there's more false doctrine that's come out of Job. Because, you know, in every funeral they say, Well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Because Job said that. Well, Job did say it. The Bible's right. Job said it. But it's not true. Job didn't Job was he, he right then he wasn't speaking truth. Now toward if you go down to, to chapter 41 and 42 Job gets back on track. 
But Job, that's not true. The Lord giveth, but the Lord doesn't taketh away. Hallelujah. So in context and who's doing the speaking. Number two uh, on testing content is, uh, is we have to uh, look at it in the light of, the first one was self, now we're looking at it in the light of Satan. Is it destructive? You know, the content. Is the content of the message destructive? Uh, is it pushy? Is it without hope? Uh, does it violate who God is? Does it violate who God has made us in Christ Jesus? Does the revelation promote sin or overlook sin? You just don't know how many people have said, I believe the Lord's telling me to divorce my wife and go marry this person I met on the internet. I mean, we have a pastor friend that's got one in his church right now. And then he had so much as, you know, he was dumb enough to say, well, if I do miss it, I'll just repent. <laughs> Everybody say, oh, hallelujah. Uh, so, uh, but you know, some, I have actually had people in my church before where we preach this and they're like, yes, yes, Miss Debbie, yes, Miss Debbie, and then go do that very thing. Hallelujah. Listen. We got to stay. We got to stay tight. We got to stay submitted, and uh, hallelujah. Um, does the revelation that you have promote or overlook sin? Another thing is it New Testament or Old Testament? Because uh, we live under a new covenant, and you can't take. We certainly read the Old Testament, love the Old Testament, love to read it. And there's principles in the Old Testament, but Jesus Christ had not come. He had not died on the cross. And we cannot take everything in the Old Testament and say, this applies to me today. Because we have a new covenant. We have, the Bible says, a new and living way. We have a better covenant. The, and and uh, old things, in the, there's a lot of things that, have, that we don't do anymore. Hallelujah. In the Old Covenant, people want to pull that out and say, we're not supposed to eat pork. You can see them on Word of Faith programs preaching, don't eat pork. On and, and that's Old Covenant. Now, if you don't want to eat pork, that's fine with me. I don't even like pork that much. Especially don't like pork barbecue. I like ham and stuff, but I don't. But I'm not a big fan. I mean, but I can't prove it in the Bible because the Bible says in Timothy, which is New Testament, that everything is to be received with thanksgiving and none of it's to be called unclean. And you can eat bat's eyes if you want to. You know? Or crickets or... I don't care. If you want to eat snake, you can. If you want to eat alligator, go ahead. I personally don't want to. If you want to eat sushi, don't call me when you're sick in the night. I don't believe in anything raw. Hallelujah. Including rare steaks. If they're bellering when they come out of the I know, y'all they they, say they taste better, but, woo, hallelujah. I like to offer up a burnt offering. <laughs> hallelujah. You can't hardly get it too well done for me. It might be a little hard to chew, but it's not going to give me anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not supposed to be in fear, am I? Hallelujah. So, um, Okay, and that brings me, is it, a, is it afraid? Okay, is this revelation you have afraid to be tested? 
let me ask you something. When, some, when you suggest, let's go talk to pastor about this, what's the answer? You know, you get this revelation and you say, I'm going to go talk to pastor about this. And then something in you goes, hmm, oh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I don't want to do that. I don't. Listen, anything you get ought to be able to be submitted before, to the elders of the church. That's true. Now, you know, uh, if, you go ask, if you go ask your pastor down at First Baptist, is tongues okay? You're going to get the wrong answer. So remember this. I'm telling you in the light of the fact that you go to a full gospel Bible believing Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever church. Okay? So uh, there might be a, a, a situation in that. Uh, number uh, three is this for checking for content. I was going to finish tonight. Is number three checking for content? Is, it, is, it, is the content godly? Is it instructive? Is it uplifting, encouraging? You know, even when God corrects us, he, it's instructive. It's constructive criticism. It gives hope. He will never leave us without hope. Uh, it will bring comfort. It, it always encourages us to walk closer to God. It never says, well, now, you know, you need to quit going to church because they're, they're going to disagree that you're supposed to marry this old guy, you know, or this old gal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the third thing we're going to test is fruit. We've tested the source. We've tested content. Now we're going to test fruit. We're going to go over to Matthew 7, 16. And you know what? It takes time for fruit to grow. So you're not able always to see the fruit the first day. You know, people that leave churches and they're not supposed to and it wasn't God, it always feels good for a little while. Because it gets the pressure off their soul and they go, oh my Lord, I just feel so free. I just feel so free. Oh, I've seen it a hundred times. In fact, now we, you know, we have some pastor friends and so sometimes because we go to their churches and preach and we get to know some of the people in their church so this one friend of ours this pastor well he's had a couple leave his church well she's on facebook and she's just blabbing her head off oh this is just the most wonderful church oh this is the best pastor we've ever had the new pastor oh it just feels so free hallelujah well she's just and and this pastor that she's under not too long ago not too long ago just a few couple of weeks ago got up and prophesied or said and called the names of two churches in his city, one being the one they left, and said they will be closed down by the end of August. We need to, which you can right now, I already know that's not God. Right? Did you know that wasn't God as soon as I said it? I did too. He said, no, they're going to be closed down by the end of August. And oh, we're going to have all these people coming into this church. Boy, we need to add on. We need to take an offering. I'm like, I already know this is not God. And then he called some little girl up. And he said, now, if you'll submit to me. And if you'll tithe and never miss, I, God's going to restore your virginity. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh. Jesus, help me, Lord. I mean, like, I, and it's like, I don't understand. Now, this is a, this is the biggest church in the city. And it's one, oh, it's the popular church. It's the fad church right now. And that's what the pastor said two weeks ago. See, oh, hallelujah. 
Mm, Jesus, help us. I know. I just wanted to. Hallelujah. I can't tell you everything I thought about that. <laughs> it just wouldn't be proper for me to tell you. It's like, but I wouldn't want to be any closer to that pastor than across the road. When he starts talking in front of the church about a little girl's virginity, it's like, don't get near me. There's something bad wrong with you. And it's a spirit-filled church, yeah. Okay. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. Mm. So fruit, right there, we can see there, 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 that fruit's not good. That fruit's not good. I'd be asking questions if I was... Hallelujah. Now, we're not talking about somebody making a little mess up every once in a while. Saying something, it's like, you know, we're talking about, you know. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Did y'all hear that? A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. You know, if a good tree can't bring forth evil fruit, then something's wrong with that tree. Hallelujah. Every, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Hallelujah. So we have to look at fruit. And by that, and we also see when we're looking at fruit, we look at self. Does this elevate man or Jesus? Now, that right there, we could judge that and say, that man was elevating himself. If you'll submit to me. You know, I tell you, I didn't like that from, you know, just... And making that, you know, it is right to submit to your pastor, but making that a requirement to get a blessing from God, there's something wrong with that. Hallelujah. And it's works. If you will tithe and never, never miss, that's works. Then I'll restore your virginity. Besides, God might restore your purity. He might restore your purity of your soul. He might restore the... Your, and certainly we're pure in our spirit. But He's not going to restore anybody's virginity in their physical body. Now that is truth. That's why if you want it, you better keep it. Is that right, Miss G? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now she can, she'll tell them on that. Hallelujah. So does it violate commandment? Does it give me a free ticket to disobey God? Hallelujah. Then it's not itself. It's not. If it's Satan, is it fearful? Is it compulsive? We talked about compulsions a little bit while ago. Is it in bondage? Is it anxious? Is it confused? Confusion? Devil's author of confusion. Is there confusion there? Is it inflated ego? Does it pressure me to act now? The devil always wants you to act right now. He pressures you. Y'all need to leave. You know, you need to leave. You need to leave now. Hallelujah. I know in Bible school, we had a little girl get up and walk out right in the middle. I can tell you that's always the devil. You know, hallelujah. That's the devil. God's not pressuring you. Oh, you better get out of there right now because they said something wrong. Well, if you'd have stayed a little longer, you might have heard the rest of it. Hallelujah. And you might have known what we was talking about. Hallelujah. And so, uh, uh, is it pressure you? 
you know, I know we learned this lesson over encyclopedias, and I've told you the story, but, you know, the salesmen are always, the sale is just for today. And if you don't buy it today, it won't be on sale tomorrow. That is, I learned that was not true. I learned that, and, and I learned this the hard way, and Pastor chased down an encyclopedia salesman to tell him we don't want these encyclopedias because we hadn't even had kids yet, and we were already got pressured into buying encyclopedias because the day it was just, uh, just going to be that day that they were on sale and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, hallelujah. And how many vacuum cleaners have been bought that way? Oh, hallelujah. Boy, such a deal, and only for today. But I found that if you can take, you say, well, I need to pray about this, you throw a salesman into a tizzy. And in fact, the, here's the line they tell car salesmen, and Jennifer can tell me if this is right. Now, uh, Miss Billings, what would it take for you to do this today? And they don't have nothing it would take. And well, you know, I don't know if we can make that deal tomorrow. But it's like, oh well, it wasn't my car. Or, but what we found is if you go back six days later, two weeks later, and say, well, you know, they told me I could have it at this price. Oh, well, you know, we, you know, they'll squirm and yell and cry, but they're probably going to give it to you at that price. And if it sells, you know, guess what? There is only about four million cars in this world. Is that true? Hallelujah. And you might have missed a lemon if, it, if, if you wait on God. They that wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. So the devil's always pressuring us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pressuring us to go talk to somebody. Go tell them. Go tell them. Go tell them. You need to tell them now. And I have learned the hard way to back off and say, well, I'm going to see if I want to do that tomorrow. Or write them a letter. Write them a letter. Oh, my Lord, don't ever write a letter. Don't. I, you say it to the face. Letters last forever. Words can be forgotten. Oh, they will keep it. In fact, I do keep it. You write me a letter, and I've got it in my file. Forever. I don't like Boy, I get a letter from a church member. Hallelujah. Now, I like, you know, I do like letters from church members, but if I, if, you know, hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Don't write it down. Don't write it down. And if you do, you pray. And I have written a few letters a few times because God did lead me to, but I always wait and wait. And I won't just tell you something 90% of the time. Before I get to it, I end up tearing it up, throwing away, and not doing it. But a couple of times, you, watch, you look at it, you look at it, you look at it. Two weeks later, you look at it. A month later, you look at it. And finally, you say, this is supposed to go. I, that has happened twice, maybe. Maybe. So the devil wants to pressure us. Don't let the devil pressure you. God always tells us in plenty of time, doesn't he? He knows it's if it's going to take you six weeks to figure it out. Hallelujah. The devil wants, well, this has got to be done now. You've got to do this situation now. You've got to correct this problem now. It's better not to when, when it comes to, to people and dealing with people. Um, 
So uh, I'm going to finish up with this. Uh, so does it pressure me? That's the devil. Or does it give me time to hear God and pray? If it's not giving you time to hear God and pray, it's not God. Hallelujah. And, and any time you feel that pressure, you just need to back off. i got to decide today. we got to decide today whether we're going to take this job. We gotta, if, if you have to decide today whether you're going to take the job, don't take it. I don't care what it pays. Don't take it. Because if it was God, He would have given you some notice. He would have either told you, now it's coming. Did you know God knows things ahead of time? Some friends of ours are not, but acquaintances of ours, not in this town, are moving. We found out about a month ago they were moving. I was surprised. I was just shocked. I was like, I can't believe you're moving. And then today I got out an old notebook and I'm going through it because I'm going to throw it away, but I'm seeing if I wrote down any notes I want to keep. And in 2006, on July 9th, I dreamed they were moving. I wrote it down. I dreamed they was moving. But I totally forgot about it. I was surprised. But, that, but that, I'm just saying that to tell you, God knows way ahead of time. Hallelujah. Uh, so then we're testing for fruit. If it's God, do I sense my faith quickened? You know what God does will, get, will quicken your faith. Does it, do I sense power? Do I sense peace? Is the fruit good? Is the fruit good? Hallelujah. If it's full of anger and I'm mad at this person, and you know, that's just not God's fruit. That's our self, and we have to get past that. You know, you can't hear God when you're mad. You can't hear God when you're hurt and your feelings are hurt and you're offended. You're not going to hear God. You're going to make the wrong decision. Hallelujah. Offenses will pass. I know because I've been offended before, and I got over it. Thank you, Jesus. And if you don't get over it, then something's wrong with your Christian walk. If you've been offended for years at the same person, you're something wrong with your Christian walk. You might all come up here and get saved tonight if you're still offended. Hallelujah. Now, you may not want to invite them over. I didn't say you had to do that. But you can get over the offense. And... <laughs> You can get over the fence and you can get where you can speak. Hallelujah. You can get where you can be Christ-like. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I love to see people squirm, though. Because, you know, people that know you, a oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we, when we go back to Seminole, we, re, not recently, but a few years ago, we went back, we went to a restaurant, boy, and we put a woman in there. She about turned herself wrong side out, trying to avoid us. Oh, my Lord, it's funny. I love it. Because I'm not offended, I love it. And I love to make them squirm. Hallelujah. I want to speak to them. How are you doing? Bless you. Hallelujah. I like to speak. I do. I like to. Hallelujah. I know if I sow, I'll reap. Hallelujah. Okay, so God, is it, it, does it bring revelation knowledge? Is it full of humility? 
Praise God. Let's receive our offering tonight. Pastor's going to come up. And we're going to stop. And I thought we was going to finish, but we still haven't got to the four things deception comes from. Hallelujah.